Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Game Time CT High School Lacrosse Podcast. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. I am joined with Mike Fornabio, the head high school boys lacrosse writer for Game Time CT, who ironically has not seen one boys <laughs> lacrosse game yet. Kind of depressing. Um, that's okay. I've been picking up the slack for him as he, as he attends to other, uh, you know, he, we all do lots of, we all wear different hats here at the Game Time CT and her Connecticut Media Group, but welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our first um podcast for uh, lacrosse we're gonna try and do a whole bunch of stuff here it's long overdue we really really wanted to do this last year just couldn't pull it together uh, but i'm excited i mean uh, i went to syracuse as everybody knows and i saw some of the best lacrosse played ever um we only won one national championship when i was there and uh, yeah from 1995 and uh, to 1998 and nine uh but uh you know i did uh, did see some amazing i fell in love with the sport there and it was uh, it was an honor to cover it some of the great teams some of the great players and coaches uh not just at syracuse but across the uh but across the country you know we, we're, we're talking about uh, the best of the best so uh it was amazing doing that i'm really excited to 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 get back, I haven't covered lacrosse like full time in ever. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've covered a few games here and there over the years, but uh, but I've never been like you know, de- I've never done a deep dive like I do in football. But it's a it's a very similar. I mean, you got a lot of football players you, who who pick up a lacrosse stick in the spring and they go um, along with a lot of basketball and uh, and and hockey players. It's you get a lot of a good mix of, of kids who who play at this level. And, and this is you know one of the, this is one of the hot spots in. Uh, in the country, I mean, you, you talk about there's only about like a handful of hot spots in, you know, Fairfield County, the West, and if you want to include Westchester and Long Island as part of that, uh, Fairfield County. This is this is this is where the the cradle is. This is where uh, some of the best lacrosse is uh, played in the country. You know, you, you know, other ones you talk about like you know Baltimore area and and, and you know Philadelphia and uh, upstate New York and you know now it's it's just it's changed so much since I've been. I'm uh, since I covered uh, college lacrosse, mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting further out west. You're seeing a lot more teams down south and out west, and in the Midwest, obviously, and, and that's and that's great. But uh, when you talk about high school lacrosse, it's incredible. You just talk about these are nationally ranked teams. You talk about Darien, you talk about New Canaan, you talk about Wilton, uh, Fairfield Prep, and, and you can kind of go down. Um, the, and growing very quickly too. Yeah, it, it continues. You know, it's been growing for twenty years yeah. now, or thirty years, or forty years. But uh, you know, when we see some new programs, we, we you're, you're looking at Middletown, who you wrote about mm-hmm. the, in this week's yeah, first cool. high school hockey notebook, hockey. In this, in this first <laughs> lacrosse notebook of the season, um, you know, and uh, it, it continues to get better here in Connecticut. But you know, as a as I say, Fairfield County is just still rules. Uh, a little bit later on the uh, podcast, we're actually going to be talking to one of the coaches from uh, Fairfield County, but we're going to take a little different tack. We're not going to go straight to the top. It, we're going to go to one of the guys who was chasing some of the top programs, and that's going to be Chris Parisi, who's been at Ludlow for 25 years, and he's been the head coach there for about 15 years or so. Um, and he's going to talk about their trip up to uh, West Point. And uh, their their sticks for soldiers uh, initiative that they've been they've started and have really really just grown over the years, um, and and all that good stuff. But uh, first off, we're gonna just jump right in and take a look at the so the second lacrosse poll is out. No surprises that Darianne, uh, which was number one to start the preseason, they are number one to start the or for the second uh, season. And, but there was a little bit of movement. So mm. Mike, as the uh, the beat writer, as the guy. 
uh, regardless that you haven't been to a game yet, you know, we'll, we'll have to get you that changed. Keep hitting that. No, I'm, <laughs> no, um, that, well, that will change the next couple of days. I'm very happy. About absolutely. That. I've been picking it up for you. I've seen all the, some of the, yeah. t- I've seen, I think, let's see here, the other than Fairfield Prep, I think I've seen uh, the top, at least the top six teams, right. or at least top five or six teams. So, uh, but um, just to get my feet, you know, wet and, and get into it. Uh, let's take a look at the top 10. So you got Darien sitting there at number one. They were, uh, I believe, 4 0 now. Um, right. 4 0. And, and, and they just uh, wiped up uh, Chris Parisi's uh, Ludlow team the other day. It was a little close game in the first half. And then Darien does what Darien does, which is just they, they just they kill you in transition. And the next thing you know, it's eight goals later. And you're like, what the heck happened? Um, you know, and, and I think the big, big thing on Darien this year is obviously they. Uh, they lost that game last year. They didn't win a state a state championship, which is you know it, probably one of the biggest upsets of all. You know, I, I mean, I, there've been there've been plenty over the years, but that one. I know Ridgefield's part of the FCAC, and they're a good team, a good program. But that's the big storyline this year: is can Darian atone for last year's losing that last year's uh, state championship game? And, and it's funny, the few games I've been to already. Everybody's still talking about it. They're still talking about what Roy did, what Roy Colesley did uh, with the stall offense in that game to basically just keep the ball away. They went up big, and then even Darian's run, it wasn't enough to, to, to beat Richfield. Uh-huh. And, and you were there. I wasn't. Uh, so yeah, that's that like the big – yeah, that's the big storyline coming into the season. Um, so well, what uh, what are we looking at the top ten? So you, look, you got Darian, and then Richfield sitting there number two. I, they are. And uh, and kind of just barely, you know, there there were five different teams that got second place votes this week. Wow, it's uh, it's a very spread out kind of uh, opinion. There's nothing really set behind. Obviously, Darien unanimous number one, and uh, and you know I'm backing it up right now. You mm. got you know there are people who think Richfield is is you know young enough that it's not going to be as good as as it has been and there's teams people that think that they're, they're still pretty solid i mean new canaan's got a lot of talent uh prep's got some talent uh, greenwich widespread of opinion on them as well but just you know getting that you know getting that uh that What's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's there's no real consensus, right? Nick. I think right. I think that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Consensus on uh, who exactly is that next? Is that next year? It, like, what did you say? Fairfield Prep got a bunch of first, second place votes that didn't get it. Uh, yeah. It was they left off, off a ballot. Off a couple ballots entirely. How, yeah. How do, you, um, how do you leave them off a ballot? That's the hey, craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, that's that's kind of where we are right now. You know, you got Wilton, who you know was was uh, fourth in the preseason poll and, and dropped to eighth. And uh, you know, where where are they? Uh, New Fairfield is you know that Class M, really strong Class M team that uh, you know has almost everybody back mm. from from yeah. an undefeated season last year. And you know, where do they kind of fit into this mix? You saw Glastonbury, you know, an upstate team that's that's got some. Pretty good players back. Yeah, uh, where where do all these teams fit in? And it's it's going to be interesting as as the season goes along to see, you know, as some of them meet each other and and where they all kind of shake out in the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's early. Um, uh, it's although early. it's really strange. We've played a lot of big games early already. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darian Ridgefield last Friday. Uh, you had uh, New Canaan Wilton. I mean, you got to play them at some time, but you know. It, right. it, 
to jump right into a season and start playing. And we were talking to uh, Roy Colsey, the, uh, the Ridgefield coach, the, after they lost 14-6 to Darien. And it was a game that was pretty close. It was 6-4, I think, early in the second half. And then Darien, as we said, does what it does. Mm-hmm. Went on a little run. Hudson McCorney and uh, Henry Feifel, they uh, kind of just took the reins and, and they just sped away. Um, really good dominant uh, start there. And uh, same with the, the Ludlow game. They were uh, – they were, you know, it was kind of a nip and tuck there for a little while. Ludlow was up in the second quarter. The next thing you know, they were. So anyway, we were talking to Roy Cozy of the uh, of Richfield, and uh, he's like, "Well, I, I think we, <laughs> we, uh, we played this game because uh, uh, we." I, he goes, "This was my choice to play Richfield this early. It, it was Jeff Braymeyer's, and uh, I think they just wanted to get us out of the way after losing last year. <laughs> so they, they kind of, you know, they kind of took it to him early. And uh, uh, but I, you know, then Richfield goes down to Greenwich, which is." an improved team. I know they didn't have this, the greatest of seasons last year. They were undefeated going into their game versus Richfield. They were ranked number five. They took Wilton's spot, basically, I think, give or take. And uh, and they, they that was a big moment for them. And uh, Greenwich was down big to Ridgefield early and then came Stormy back, had a two-goal lead. And then Ridgefield, who's led by their great goalie, Dan Parson, who's been tremendous. Let me tell you, this, kid, this kid's been tremendous. Yep. The two games I've seen him in, I mean, he's I mean, he's going to Bucknell. Um, they're going to get a great goalie there with, with him. He, nice big size kid, the perfect kind of size kid you want, athletic in goal. And he, you know, he he had a couple. He he said he was like, oh, I didn't have the greatest game ever, but uh, but they were able to uh, uh, get the lead back, and then Roy went right to the stall offense. And like I said, that's all everyone's talking about now. Every time that someone stalls, they're like, oh, they're pulling they're pulling a Colesley here. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, Glastonbury, like you said, is an interesting team to look at. You have Justin Hazard there, who he's going to Wesleyan, the the, the, the national championship uh, program that double overtime hero of the hockey. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, big time hockey guy. He's had a you know a tremendous athlete. So uh, I got to see them. They got they got they got everyone back. You know, minus a couple of guys on the defensive side. Um, even their goalie, the goalies are back. Mm-hmm. They have two of them. They played two of them against hand. Um, you know, they, and then they go down the beats. Same thing. They they got a big lead and then held on to, to beat Staples, which is you know pretty good to start the year. So uh, one little interesting move that I, I thought in the uh, in the poll this week was uh, handed hand uh, you know started in the top ten and uh, lost a couple games and and fell out and it seems like almost Weston kind of took that uh, kind of took that momentum from them. You know they're they're I believe they're are they. Three and zero or four and zero, Weston. Let me check that. They were three and zero at the poll. They're four and zero right now. They uh, and and playing Saturday, uh, ND West Haven, which is a nice win. Immaculate Fordham Prep and New Milford are the wins for Weston right now. And you know they're they're one of those teams. You know they got some pretty good players and they're in that mix in the in the S in the SWC. Uh, they've got uh, Newtown coming up on Tuesday, which will be an interesting mm. test in, in in that conference. And the New Fairfield comes right after that. So yeah, that will. Uh, I guess we'll see where where they are. With Darianne's uh, 76, 76. 76 game win streak coming to an end in the last year's championship, New Fairfield took over the man. They were the, uh, the the hottest team in the state, so to speak, and then they uh, played St. Anthony's down in uh, down at Sacred Heart, and St. Anthony's is probably one of the best program, probably the best team out. right now in the country. <laughs> uh, and then they 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 wiped out. Uh, they ended their streak. Four game win streaks are now your your leader in the clubhouse, um, but uh, you know we got and then New Canaan they went down 
they played two out-of-state teams to start the year, and they went down to uh, St. Anthony's last weekend, and that game also was, you know, not close. For They made a run at it. I think it was like 9-3 in the second quarter, and then I think in the second half, uh, New Canaan made a nice run. Quentin O'Connell had a really good, their, their uh, great midi. He had a few goals there, and he had a nice he had a nice game. But uh, they only I think they got within five, and then then San Anthony's just took off again. And I have a buddy who I went to, to college with who teaches down at San Anthony. Oh, yeah, he teaches at San Anthony's, and he said they are a machine, and all eyes are going to be on when Darian goes down there. Oh yeah, that should be fun. ESPN, I believe ESPN, whatever channel yeah, ESPN is doing, it's a huge tournament or it's a classic. I should say not a tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to have a bunch of top teams down there at St. Anthony's. Awesome. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a circus. I intend to go. I hope uh, you all can join me down there. That should be a tremendous be day wild. of lacrosse. Yeah, I saw that St. Anthony's New Canaan game last year. They had that um, like they're doing the, the college game at Wilton this year. They did it at uh, New Canaan last year, and then New Canaan played St. Anthony's after that. And right. I think Brendan O'Neill just basically had a day. Yeah. <laughs> He's all right. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> Speaking of guys who are good, how about uh, Kevin Lindley? Making mm-hmm. some waves at uh, over at Loyola, former Darianna attack. Um, I, I just saw. I just noticed that he mm-hmm. just had an amazing. Like the Twitter was a buzz with his performance against uh, Georgetown the other night. Yeah, check it out. I mean, he had an amazing goal where he kind of came around the the back and did a diving. Nice. You know, stayed out of the crease and did a diving mm-hmm. thing. Flipped the ball. It wasn't even like a down. He flipped it up. Nice. Uh, I think it was like left side. It was it was a beautiful goal. I mean, wow. he's just great. Uh, we love to see all the kids play really well. Uh, in this, it's just mm-hmm. it's just fun to see all these kids go to D one programs and and, and kind of make their mark. I mean, you know, we talked about O'Connor; he's going to uh, join his brother down there at uh, you know, at uh, UNC, and there's just so many guys. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, this is a great place for lacrosse. What, what can I tell you? Anyway, um, so we, yeah, we got that Darian game. Another interesting one. I think doesn't Darian play or, or is it credit or yeah, Darian play uh, Brunswick? Oh. Well, New Canaan first. Uh, New Canaan's got Brunswick on right. Saturday, I think. And then, yeah, Darian will play, play him later on in the year. Right, right. And that's not a CIAC game. That doesn't count, but... Um, oh, but it counts. Huh? Oh, but it counts. Oh, but it counts. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't count, but, but. it counts. <laughs> um, that's a tremendous... Yeah, listen, Brunswick was a machine last mm-hmm. year, and, and it's still pretty good this year. Uh, Darian actually plays Brunswick on the 15th of May. I think the right before the, game of the season, yeah. right before the start of the FCAC tournament, which is always great. And uh, yeah. so, Darian Cannon on Saturday the 11th, and Darian Brunswick on uh, Wednesday. The what 10th. an end that's, of the that's, season! That's respectful. That is tremendous. They're at yeah at Dunning, and then they go down to uh, Greenwich to play Brunswick. So yeah, really, and then they well, they also have Greenwich uh, right. the, the week before mm-hmm. there too. So that should be really interesting. And uh, we'll get all in, into that later as we uh, look go ahead. But uh, just through who you, you're voting with or who, you, the, who, who the guys are voting, um, you know, what, what else are you hearing about out there? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of been that, that, uh, that top 10, you know, and uh, you know, you know, you look at class S, there's a couple teams mm. that, uh, you know, it's, it's St. Joe's is always there. Uh, as long as they win enough games in the FCAC to get themselves in, they're they're you're usually a pretty good candidate. Uh, Summers and Granby Upstate they've they've been pretty solid as well, and East Catholic uh, has has been one of those teams that uh, that people have wondered about as well because they got some pretty good talent. They got mm-hmm. a couple of really 
really good uh, players that are headed to college. You know, they're they're one one right now, but the losses to Glastonbury, so that's you know nothing to nothing to sneeze at. So that'll be an interesting little run. All right, so we talked a lot about uh, the FCAC. How about the SEC? What's lo- what's it looking like over there? I saw Hand, obviously. I saw Hand at the beginning of the season. I think the Hand, you know, which has been to like what the last four Class M finals, yeah, yeah. still looking, one, which is tough. St- still looking for that championship. They still feel like they got hosed uh, in in last year's final when they had the illegal stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's what they it was an illegal I stick I call, so, yeah. and um, they still feel like. They were they got the hose on that call. So, uh, but they started off the season. I can't tell you a whole lot about it because they weren't exactly forthcoming about what who was out and who wasn't. I do know that their defenseman uh, Ben Corniello, the football uh, all-stater uh, and, and defenseman at hand, he was out, and their one of their best players also got hurt during that game against uh, Glastonbury. Uh, but it didn't sound like they were a complete team yet, and. Uh, so we'll be anxious. It will be really interesting to see it, how they uh, they respond here after that loss. Uh, they they did beat Shelton, which they need an overtime to beat Shelton. So you know maybe there's going to be some moves made, being made there. Last night also Xavier kind of flexed its muscle. It didn't uh, against uh, Notre Dame West Haven. Um, and then you also have I mean the one that everyone's looking at obviously is Fairfield Prep and uh, you know what what makes them uh, you know maybe a t- the team to, to they they usually win the league. Every at least every other year, if not every yeah, year. pretty close. They've always kind of been in that mix at the very least. They've they've got a lot of talent. I mean, Mason Reale, yeah, Connor Boyle. Uh, yeah, you know, you kind of go on and on and on with them. They got a lot of experience too. They've got some guys who've who've been there for a few years who've been at that level, and uh, you get that kind of mix together. That's 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 pretty pretty good. But, yep. But like you say, you know, Xavier's not a they, there's there is there is a lot of talent in that league. Yeah. With, uh, you know, John DeLucia, Guilford. Uh, uh, Xavier's got some some pretty solid players who are, who are going D one. Uh, Cheshire's a little young, but you know they're still Cheshire, so uh, there's they'll be in that mix too. Yeah, I saw them. I stopped by briefly and saw them wipe out Amity, but that that was the the game that they, they were rebounding from the losing to Ludlow uh, up at West Point. Um, I think it was eleven five, mm-hmm. if I believe, if I yep. correct, eleven five, and they come come back down, and it's like when you, you play an FCAC team, and then you come back to your league, it's like you, you're dropping the, you're dropping the the extra bat in the on deck circle to use a baseball term, but um, yeah, obviously you have a prep. You're looking at uh, they, the, I mean they beat they beat Shelton eighteen to three, so uh, I think you can see kind of where they are at this point, and then and then they beat four and nineteen to one to start the year and. The, the big question always with Fairfield Prep is just how they they don't play the type of competition in the FCAC, so they try. It's like the hockey; they right. they try and load up with a few power programs. They always play Chaminade, um, and just to kind of keep themselves sharp. Because uh, again, the, the teams in the SEC, every so often you're going to get one or two that are that are at their level, but it's not like a not like the FCAC. It's not as deep as the FCAC exactly. as far as great programs go. Uh, sorry, as great leagues go. It's always interesting to see how Fairfield Prep can keep itself sharp for those FCAC for you know the state tournament time, which right. is you know uh, more, which is what the which is what this is all about. So there's lots going on for this the, the next few weeks. I mean, like you said, New Canaan is going to be playing uh, Brunswick. That'll be interesting. Um, and uh, and just, just there's just games all over the map, and it's again, it's re- it's only April 11th. I feel like right. I've seen a whole, I feel like I've seen a whole season already. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, I think it was at Staples. I wrote in a notebook. I think Staples is like half over by next week. 
Really? They, they packed like so many games into the first couple weeks of the season. That, that's. It's yeah, we're just starting. <laughs> you know, I feel like we've yeah, the season we've packed, does fly. I feel like we packed the whole season here. We have we've had uh, you know already had Richfield Darian. We already had Wilton uh, New, New Cannon, the oldest rivalry going, um, and that was a tremendous game. You know, you talk about let's talk about Wilton for a second. Speaking of which, uh, Wilton starts the season all. I think they were ranked number four to start the year, and they lost three <laughs> three heartbreaking yeah, games. Right? One game, one goal game in three straight losses. They played John Jay up there and lost in overtime. Uh, lost in overtime, one goal. Then they played uh, Greenwich and lost by one goal giving in up, overtime. Giving up the, t- the tying goal in the last what, four seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. I mean, your Gave up a goal, yeah, goal in the last seconds of regulation and lost in overtime. And then New Canaan. A game that was just we talk about evenly matched games. That game was back and forth, back and forth. No, I don't think anybody. I think it was tied after end every quarter. All right, nice. Except the last one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and New Canaan, uh, uh, Liam Griffith uh, scores the goal with a minute left, and uh, New Canaan held them off. Uh, and that was a game that w- Wilton. I mean, the, the goals are going back, back and forth, but I thought both defenses in that game really, really played well, and the two goalies there played tremendous mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, so you talk about your 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 kind of snake bitten teams. Wilton's eight. I don't know if they're eight, just because mm-hmm. they lost three straight. Yeah, yeah. You, you're judging by wins and losses, but I mean, listen, they 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 have tremendous all American defensemen. Ryan Schreiber, who they put at you know a long pole at, at the uh, at the faceoff, and the, the the kid's tremendous. And mm-hmm. New Cannon needed to you know New Cannon needed to battle through that throughout the game. They have a bunch of good guys at at faceoff. And luckily, after they scored the goal uh, to go up, they were able to to at least win enough. They 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 win the face off after that. They did turn it over, but they limited Wilton's shots down the stretch to to, to pull that game away. But uh, you know their goal their goalie uh, was it Calabrese? Yeah, uh, yeah, Andrew Calabrese. Their <clears throat> their goalie Andrew Calabrese uh, played a great game. I thought uh, it's just I, I, just a really really great game. If we're gonna have games like that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the in the state, I mean, we're we're in for a really fun, a really fun season. And then, you know, I guess that's uh, there. Well, I mean, Wilton with the first year head coach, right? Right, yes. Steve Pearsall. Yep. And this is this is his. Yeah, this is his. Uh, his his. <laughs> this is how they start. Hmm. I think Wilton's going to so. be really. I think Wilton's going to have a few surprises for us. I think they're a tremendous team. They and, certainly could. Um, and they did a really nice. Again, their defense did a really nice job mm-hmm. against uh, against uh, Quentin O'Connell, the the new Cannon. Uh, senior, um, they didn't. He didn't score a goal, yeah. and they needed to go elsewhere to get it, just to score goals. Uh, so I thought they did a tremendous job. And then you know, yeah, that look, sure seems to be the identity of Wilton that, that you know when you got a goalie like that and some really really top flight uh, defensive guys, that's that's kind of where their their bread and butter is. It sounds like yeah, tremendous. So I I don't think they're the I think I still think they're probably four or top five mm-hmm. in, the, in the state at this point. I don't know. I haven't seen prep yet. We'll see. Um, but I mean, yeah, right now it's, it's Darian's to, to Darian's league, and <laughs> you know, yeah, they lost the last year's state championship game, but it might be just a flash in the pan because you know now you got a motivated. You guys saw the kids, you know, you got a motivated Darian, uh, a motivated uh, group to get that one back. They feel like that that wow that wouldn't get away. No, Once, you made him mad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you made me mad now. So without further ado, we're gonna jump right into our uh, our first guest, uh, which would be. Uh, Lolo coach uh, Chris Parisi. So we'll be back, right? 
We'll be back right after this. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. Welcome back to the show. It's, and for our first guest of the season is the 15-year head coach of Fairfield Lolo and uh, uh, who's been coaching and teaching at the school for uh, 50, uh, for 25 years, the, the great Chris Parisi. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, I don't know about great, but Sean, thanks for having me in this morning. Yeah, you are our first official guest. How's that feel? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Yeah, you know, we we have a cast of characters in the FCAC, and and there there's some incredible names and a lot of state championships and league championships, and 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 I don't have any of those, so uh, I'll I'll take it when it comes. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you just played uh, number one Darianne the other day, and then, so I'm sitting there over at Wilton New Canaan. Uh, and that's kind of a back and forth game. And I check my phone, and I'm like, "Whoa, look at this! Ludlow's <laughs> got him up. They got him. What was it? Five four after one or, or thereabouts? We were, we were, we were up five four, and then then we actually got to seven six wow. uh, about fourteen minutes in the game. And then you know the the floodgates opened, and and when they opened, um, you know it was a blitzkrieg uh, by by the Darien crew. Uh, you know they just can amp it up to a level that um, very few teams can can possibly uh you know measure up against you know that's coming and not to just kind of jump on darian we'll get to your team in a second but you know you're that's coming and what do you how do you prepare your team to prepare for that weight that blue wave so to speak uh i mean you know it's coming you know they're going to go out on a run how do you you know tell your kids like you look it's going to come so you just got to be ready for it I mean, how do you prepare for that yeah, I mean, the FCX split into two divisions, and, and Darien's on our side of the division. So for 15 years, we played them at least once a year, but many years we play them two or three times a, you know, in a given year. And uh, so we, we've really learned the most from, from Darien, from playing that game, and it's really about character. And um, our kids have have tons of it, and uh, they've developed uh, the the ability to to you know just just keep fighting and 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 gritting it out, and and um, you know they they really you know they take it as a, as a learning curve, I guess. Uh, many of them are uh, many of my players are playing lacrosse in college. We've had sixty college lacrosse players here yeah. at Ludlow in in the fifteen years, and and you know our kids understand that that they have to play it you know, the, the Darien competition level to, you know, see where they stack up and, and to test their own skills. And so really it's, it's, you know, a challenge and, and they, they approach it as a challenge and they, they rally as a team. And, you know, they, they also, you know, understand that, you know, the things that Darien exposed on us are, are points of emphasis, making our team better by the time we get to New Canaan and, and by other teams later in the schedule. What 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 precisely happened in this? What you know, what what was the game plan going, and what got you out to your lead in the second quarter? Right. Well, you know, the the key always with Darien is to try to keep them out of transition. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they they you know if you're you're three on two, four on three, five on four, even six on five. I mean, they're finding it instantly, and um, you know, right out of the shoot from our face off, uh, you know, kind of strategies and and different things we were doing in terms of our ride game. We were you know intentionally trying to keep them out of transition, and and the kids executed tremendously well. Um, we also have you know a very strong offense and. 
and and uh, basically almost every time we had the ball, we we did score and we could score. Um, uh, the, the couple of my attackmen are playing lacrosse in college, and and um, you know they they have been playing for me for four years. They've been starting for four years, and so they put a lot of time in the weight room, and and they're they're ready to go. And and so the the goals that we had, having scored them against Darian's number one unit. Um, you know, it wasn't like they were getting, you know, garbage goals at the end of the game against, let's say, their third polls. I mean, this was against Darian's best kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we take that as, um, you know, something to build upon, something to really uh, treasure. And uh, we we know that we can, you know, beat a lot of teams in, in, the, in the league and a lot of teams in the state based upon those uh, attributes. How many other games have you been to uh, outside of the, uh, the ones you've coached in so far? Oh, I, I, you know, the thing about the FCAC is we have a film share, thank God. Mm. And uh, so you get to see everything. You know, we get to see the, uh, you know, the, the game of, uh, you know, Greenwich against uh, Wilton. You get to see, you know, all the things that, you know, the Ward guys are doing across town. And we've got McMahon coming up next week. And so you're able to learn a lot from, from the film scouts. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, it makes not only uh, you a, a better coach in terms of your own team and preparation, but, you know, I I think it makes our kids uh, have a much higher lacrosse IQ. They're able to diagnose, uh, you know, their their own, um, you know, negative uh, pieces in their own game, and they're also able to, to you know, self scout and scout other teams. So, you know, by watching other games, watching other teams, you know, that that is that's how you get better. Um, <clears throat> they, they, I guess what I my point was is. Uh, they lost some guys. Everybody loses guys. Everybody changes from year to year. Uh, it doesn't look like they've skipped a beat, though. I mean, uh, Darianne is... is... <laughs> Well, it's the program. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's all there is to it. Everybody says, oh, oh, Darian's got a down year. Darian graduated all these kids. Well, they graduated all those Division One kids, and they also have another, like, 40 kids in their program that are Division One kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from freshman to senior year. That, that, that's the pipeline. I mean, perfect example is the Minicus family. Um, yeah. uh, Mo Minicus is, is, you know, the most outstanding, you know, uh, field hockey coach in the FCAC. Yep. Her and her husband played uh, college-level sports uh, at Williams and Amherst, and, you know, they had four boys. And, and you know, where do they decide to settle? You know, where do they make a family? Right. They make it in Darien. And, and so, you know, it really is a program that creates its own weather because people move on to New York City. Uh, they were high-level athletes. They're, you know, high, you know, type AAA, you know, kind of business folks, and, and they're going to build their family in a place like Darien. And so, again, it's the program. It's been number one in the nation for a bunch of years. It, you know, at, at their worst, they're, they're, you know, top ten in the yeah. country. Um, and so, therefore, what do you want to do? You do that. And, and the youth program's in line with them. And, uh, you know, they don't lose a tremendous amount of kids uh, to prep schools. And they're not a split town. I mean, for us at Ludlow to do what we do, we have to do it differently because yeah. we have wards so or the public school base is split in half. And we've got prep. You know, uh, kids go over there. So, you know, our kids are playing in, in a bunch of different places. Some kids go to St. Joe's. Some kids go to, you know, Notre right. Dame and Fairfield. And so, you know, Ludlow – we can't be like everybody else, but, you know, we've never wanted to be. Right. Well, yeah, tell us a little bit about your team, you know. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, 
uh, you know, who do you guys got, got coming back this year? And, you know, how, regardless of that last game, okay, that's Darianne. You learn your lessons. You move on. You got a new Canaan coming up soon. Um, tell, us, tell us about what you guys got back this year, and uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have incredible senior leadership. It starts with the captains for sure. I mean, I mentioned before, you know, our two attackmen, Oliver Lay and Aiden Wyckoff. I mean, they're just prolific kids. They're strong kids. They're athletic kids. They're going to put the ball in the net or, or throw a bunch of assists. Um, and, you know, from there it goes to the, a couple of midfielders, um, Jeff Myers and Anders Kleinbeck. Um, Jeff is a basketball player, multi-sport athlete. Anders is a great lacrosse player and uh brendan larson rounds out that group as as a senior midfielder so we've got you know some real senior leadership through the midfield uh brendan's a product of you know a great lacrosse family his brother plays at lemoyne riley was one of our best players ever and brendan's just kept in that tradition and uh jack owens anchors the defense as as uh you know defensive captain and he's got a bunch of seniors around him um guys who have been program kids who really worked hard to get to where they are um you know i've stuck with us uh through thick and thin a kid like sean anderson and and ryan hummerstone and jack ferrio uh the you know three seniors who have you know really um put in the time to become better players but jack is is the leader of the glue kind of that makes that go and you know in net we have um uh, uh, two Two juniors, um, Mike Graney, um, but Oscar Mazio has won the position. Uh, he put in a lot of time in the off season. Um, Oscar's a kid who who switched over from um, deep hole to goalie just last year, and he winds up starting against Darianne and, mm. and and you know through our two and one start. So um, you know Oscar's just doing a great job in, in terms of learning and getting better. So you know it's that senior leadership that that is you know our our anchor our, our um, you know setting. Our, our tone this year um what, what what's your style like every coach has got a style every you know what, what do you guys like to play how if, if, if a Ludlow game is going to go the right way like what do you what, what needs to happen yeah, you know, I mean, it, it it really comes from a team approach to everything. I mean, our, our, we're a six-man offense. We're we're never a team that's you know could ever you know rely on one kid. You know, one kid's going to break down an off uh, you know a defense and move the ball or score on his own. You know, we always had to come at you with six. And we've always had to, you know, play, uh, you know, kind of a great style of, of defense. You know, we've always led with our defense. Our our deep holes are our most historic players of all time. Uh, guys who have gotten drafted in, the, you know, by the MLL. Guys who are playing, you know, Division One. Uh, we've got an All-American player right now at Gettysburg. It's actually Aiden Wyckoff's yeah. brother, Mitch Wyckoff. Um, you okay. know, defense has always been our style, and so we we we've added to our defense this year by just having monster short stick defensive middies, mm. uh, kids who you know we don't think are dodge a bowl, you know, and and one of them is Rowan Keezer, he's uh, a basketball player also, and and the other is um, you know freshman Zach Hathaway, and uh, rounding out that trio is another senior named uh, Will Capalbo, and you know you talk about grit and character and leadership, uh, you know Will uh, gave his brother a, a bone marrow transplant a month before the season, and yeah. you know he's out there you know providing leadership amongst these other uh, short stick defensive minis, so. Our personality's always been defense. Our personality's always been grinding it, and uh, you know we just continue to 
to do that all the way through the program. Right. I mean, other than the Darien game, because, you know, they're, they're just so tough. You know, they scored 24. But the first two games of the season, you played Xavier at home, 7-4. You only allowed four there. And then you go out to West Point, and you played uh, and you played Cheshire. You only allowed five goals there. And Cheshire's, you know, they're pretty good. They get some, some pretty good SEC teams there to start the season. You get Connor coming up. But uh, So I guess that you're looking at that perspective. Defense, other than the Darien game, yeah, defense has been working pretty well so far, huh? Right, you know, with the Cheshire thing, the amazing thing was that that we um, you know, we went down five two in the first, and then we shut them down for three quarters after that, and and so it's you know locking things down and making adjustments, and of course uh, Rio de Harada is my 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 defensive guy over um, you know on the staff, and and he's been with me all the way through, and a guy I, I actually coached him at Fairfield High School back before we split into Ludlow mm. Ward again. Um, but Riota is that type of guy where he has that sense of the defense and he has their trust and he, um, you know, really made a ton of adjustments right after that first quarter and, uh, really, really helped us. So, you know, that's, that's what we rely on. And, you know, I think we're a much better offense this year with the addition of Paul Burke, um, you know, longtime FCA coach, um, somebody who can really provide a lot of expertise and a lot of nuance to, um, you know, our group. Tell me about that trip to West Point. That's the second year in a row you did that, right? Something like that? We did. We did. You know, it's um, it's really been a gift. Rich Paluciano up at Cheshire, the head coach up there, invited us up last year because he knows all the things that we do with Sticks for Soldiers. Yep. He thought it was a natural, um, and it really has been. Uh, you know, it allows our parents club to really showcase what it is and have an incredible tailgate. And you have, uh, you know, uh, Todd Chandler and, and his crew there, our parents president um they're on grills in the morning and they're making bacon egg and cheeses Mm -hmm. in this you know incredible you know west point environment but you know the reason to go there is is really to 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 tie into the the whole notion of tradition and service you know it's those two things that you always get when you go up there whether you go for a lacrosse game or you go for a football game it's it's tradition and service and here at Ludlow, um, I had a great group of parents from the beginning, um, guys who understood that that's what we really wanted to be here for, for the kids. It was more than wins and losses. Wins and losses were symptomatic about, you know, doing the right or the wrong thing. But, you know, it's really about tradition and service. And those are the two things we can control. And those are the things that we've embodied with our Sticks for Soldiers tournament initiative that's only caught fire and gotten bigger and bigger every year. And, you know, to go to West Point and, you know, early in the year and play a team like Cheshire, you know, real quality state type of team, um, you know, and do that at West Point, you know, it just kind of uh, oozes into your pores, I think, you know, it's it's a team builder, but it's a team builder with character and and, and tradition service at West Point is, is the mantra really for, you know, our, our program and always has been. You should make that a regular thing, right? That's, that'd be nice. Well, that's it. It's it's become an annual. I mean, yeah. that's all there is to it. And you know, the 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 again, the idea of of tradition and service rubbing off. Uh, the Staples teams has, has always adopted Sticks for Soldiers as a as an initiative of their own. Um, they lost a former player um, it, right. it, who was in the service, a young guy uh, who who got killed in the training exercise. And so, uh, both uh, the the current coach Will Kachansky, the, the new coach, and um, the former coach. 
coach Paul McNulty have always embraced, you know, what Sticks for Soldiers is, and so our game with them is always dedicated to that. Um, the Ward team also has embraced that, and so our game competes for the Sticks for Soldiers Cup. And, you know, these are opportunities for not only, um, you know, some fundraising to go f- to injured soldiers, but it's really, you know, just kind of keep us focused on the, on the mission, you know, the mission of tradition and service yeah. and the mission of, of what we really should be about in in interscholastic athletics. Um, it's all it's just beautiful up there, isn't it? Oh my god! Oh, we we've dialed. You know, again, Richie Richie Poliziano, He's picked two incredible days. I mean, it was the best day of the spring last uh, Saturday, and 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 last year it was the same. You know, seventy degree weather, perfectly sunny. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the schedule and I didn't even notice. I'm like, oh man, I I could run up there and go go see that game. That'd be great. <laughs> but uh, then I'm like, well, I got to stand through security for about twenty or sorry for like an hour or whatever it is to get in. But it but, wasn't it wasn't as bad this year. Last year we did it during the Army Navy, and obviously that place is just packed in oh, for yeah. that event. This year it was Boston University. It was a little bit easier to to kind of get around. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, Boston University came down and played Army before before your game correct or was it they after? did they, yes yeah well that's what we usually do we do a tailgate we go to see the college game and then we go and play our own so it, it's just a perfect day what it, you know you, you, you what is that the team sits there and they watch the college game right yeah oh yeah, yeah. so you know, what do you guys take away from that you I mean you sit there and they're able to coach them like on a, as a live game is going on in front of them basically or do you just kind of let them just enjoy themselves well, you know, some of the guys on the field are, are, are FDAC kids. Yeah. Uh, Darian and one of their kids is on the roster and stuff, so it's neat to see that. Um, yeah, it's neat to see the level, um, you know, that these guys are playing at, and, it, you know, it definitely inspires your team to, to get there and to do more. And, and uh, you know, the kids are always, oh, that was sick, and look at that play, and all this stuff. Um, but it's also nice as coaches to see that you're doing the right things, right. you know, that, that you see what you're, you're doing in your schemes and everything else you know being replicated uh, out there in front of you by uh, you know two division one teams and look I, I stole a man up play from uh, from them so no, that's the way I'm it's done it. no. <laughs> that's right um, I'm, uh, <clears throat> excuse me for a second uh, yeah tell us tell us a little bit about uh, the sticks for soldiers I and mean, you've been involved in that for, for a while now if I'm Correct. I've just uh, and when it would just right. just so people are understand how that how because they 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 hear that and they go what what is that so yeah just give us a little uh, taste sure about what that's about. you know. Right. I mean, Ludlow started in, in 2004, and so, you know, it was, it was pretty much, you know, uh, close to 9-11, and it was really right after the, the, the two conflicts, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan had really just right. started. And um, so we had a visionary parent, uh, Mike Vukas, who had uh, two kids in my program, go through my program, and uh, Mike was, was passionate about, again, the idea of tradition service. So he thought, look, how can we get these kids um, – um, you know, from an affluent place, from a game that's, you know, uh, you know, really seen as, as kind of, you know, the, the upper crust entitled, uh, you know, kids play this game. Uh, what, what can we do with them to, to get them to focus on larger things, things that are, are, are people are doing to, uh, you know, sacrifice for us and for our freedoms. And so, it, you know, we, we kind of started a tournament ad hoc. 
Uh, Mike Epstein at McMahon embraced it, Prep embraced it, uh, Ward embraced it, and so we had this 14 tournament and raised a few thousand dollars, and it was you know kind of like all right, that, well that's that's kind of cool. We did it around Thanksgiving when we can give back, give some thanks, and so we just continued it and 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 built and built and built, and and it got to the point where we we um, we ended up getting connected with Brendan Morocco, and he was the first soldier to survive. Um, losing both legs and both arms in combat and um, it was an amazing story Um, Brendan's uh, since been on on the Letterman show and and he's since received the double arm transplant but to be involved with him and his family um, you know it really just changed the game for the level of lacrosse players level of lacrosse parents and really for the entire lacrosse community in, in Connecticut because we went from being you really you know kind of a small scale tournament ad hoc kind of thing into something much much larger and so you know we're now at the point where we have 65 teams we have a girls division we're raising a hundred thousand um, dollars in a one-day tournament uh, for guys who are catastrophically injured Injured, um, you know, and again, it was Mike's vision. Jim Tommins was our president for five years, who who carried that mission forward, and and his son Pat Tommins, um, he actually had three sons go, go through our program, but Pat was one of my captains. He just got deployed to Afghanistan oh. as, as a Marine, wow. and um, you know, so we we have that kind of skin in the game, um, you know, and, and and Sticks for Soldiers was always about you know trying to put skin in the game. We now have skin yeah. in the game uh, through through Pat Tommins and um, uh, Jeff Kasuchi and Alicia Kasuchi, who are third presidents of, of Sticks for Soldiers, um, you know, they've again, you know, just continued that um, that idea forward and they've built alliances into Florida now where uh, there's tournaments in Florida happening for Sticks for Soldiers. So, you know, it's it's a Ludlow project that is, you know, kind of caught fire in the community and, you know, the, the other lacrosse uh, coaches in Connecticut and the referees volunteer the referees volunteer all their time I think they coach like uh, they ref like 250 games in the course of a day and they don't charge a dime wow. um, you know that's really been the incredible um, response that we've had yeah I mean I, over the years you know you, lacrosse is such a it's it's already a niche it's it's growing and it continues to grow but it's always a niche sport and the lacrosse community you talk about close-knit communities who do things for each other because you guys all love the game and you want to see it grow and just to see everyone come together in, in things in events for, for for great causes like this it really just kind of uh, it just really exemplifies what what kind of sport it is and what it means to 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 everybody pretty much absolutely yeah you know the guy that really built that deep into my core um just passed away this past fall his name was renzi lamb he was the longtime uh head lacrosse coach up at williams college um he was a former marine or a marine there's no such thing as a former marine mm. uh renzi just developed this sense of of family and tradition and service and you know he really just kind of built it all the way through all of all of his players um and, and that, that lacrosse community always comes together and, again, around, uh, you know, intersects with so many other uh, lacrosse players and lacrosse communities across the country. When do you usually play the, the – when do you usually hold it? It's like around Thanksgiving, you said, right? Yeah, it's it's always a Saturday after Thanksgiving when you know people have a little bit of downtime and and folks are back you know uh, doing things with their families. We have alumni who come back and you know it's that that kind of dead moment in the season where 
you know, kids aren't playing in that tournament for um, a free agency and, and, and showcasing themselves for colleges and, you know, the, the youth sports teams machine isn't, you know, out there, you know, trying to win tournaments and this and that. Like you say, this is the one day that even though all our teams are competing, um, you know, we're really competing for the same cause. Right. And, and there's that sense of solidarity. And, and um, yeah, I, I love that about it. It's It's been great for me as, as uh, you know, as a coach to have that camaraderie with with all these other coaches and officials and parents and players across the state yeah well speaking of which you know you're going up to uh you're going up to connor today thursday the the 11th um you got you got a massachusetts team you're playing and then you play another team that's starting up uh, their program or they're getting into it is middletown you're playing up there um what um you know you look at the growth of the of the sport across the state i mean it continues to kind of continue how how is that when you you play those the teams and beyond fairfield county or beyond like this this little corner how how is everybody How's everybody coming along as, as far as uh, their their lacrosse uh, skills and acumen? Uh, these teams up. In- well, you know, I I, I think that the, we we do represent um, you know a bar. You know, the FCAC bar. There's a certain bar that's set in the FCAC in terms of you know how you have to play this game, style of play. And so even though, you know, we haven't been in that elite four that, that are elevated, you know, really, you know, the yeah. top four are, are na- you know, I, I look at them as national teams, you know, right. they're that national level play. But you get, you get down to the next 10 teams in the FCAC underneath those four, and the next 10 are unbelievable. Right. Uh, you know, the level <laughs> that we have to play at against each other and, and, and just the, um, you know, I think that top group sets an expectation level and a style and a speed level that we all are are very much understanding of. And so there's a lot of other teams, whether it's Mount Greylock up in Massachusetts or, like you say, Middletown or or Conard, you know, that that they want to get an ascent. They want to gauge, you know, where are they at? Where are they at as a program? And they can kind of gauge it off of, you know, an FCAC team like like us. And, and, um, you know, at the same time, you know, we we only can play our our peer group because you get to a point, you know, nobody else wants to play yet. (laughs) And so, you know, playing, playing, the Connards and playing the Xaviers and playing the Cheshires have been, you know, playing our peer group. Right. Um, so just, um, just a couple more seconds here. Uh, when you look around the state, I mean, yeah, you got Darian, yeah, you got the New Kansas. Any other teams out there, you know, we're, maybe we'll, hear, we'll be hearing from this year, you think? Uh, maybe aside from yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always New Canaan. You can't say Darien without New Canaan, right. right? That's 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 the way you know things tend to go. You know, there's been one goal games for for a lot of years here. Um, you know, I know that Darien got by Ridgefield, but you know, Coach Colsey and Ridgefield will always be there. You know, toward the end, um, you know, Coach Lutz is doing a great job over at Greenwich. You know, and they're going to be in the mix for sure uh, with how things go down. Um, you know that. Coach Nimi at at uh, prep, uh, he's got a fine group, um, you know, and they're they're playing that level ball. We scrimmage them, um, you know. So so there there's you know folks like that. I, the, the the Glastonbury team's good. Um, yeah, we, I saw that man. Scrimmage as well. Uh, they've got a great face-off kid, uh, you know. So you know, I, I think that there's there's you know maybe six teams out there that you know six maybe seven teams that that are going to be in the mix. 
um, you know, moving forward. But you know, I still, you know, think that you know the 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 Darien team is is just a little bit special, um, you know, compared to most. They they are the litmus test. I guess the only way to beat them is to to basically just keep the ball away from them. Is that right? Like like well, Roy, that's did, what Roy last did last year. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and New Canaan has uh, the most elite group of face-off kids um, yeah. in, in the state. You know, they have like five kids, and and those kids do just that. They get you the ball. So, um, you know, I think that, that is, that's a huge advantage um, that, that um, you know, Coach Chip has over there. Um, well, um, well, Coach, uh, I, we really appreciate you coming on. I know you, you had a busy day there teaching history, so go get them. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, interesting few, uh, few games here for you, and then you jump right back into the FCX schedule before you know it. And, and we'll see where you guys stand. Uh, but uh, thanks for taking a little time with us, you know, and, and obviously great job with the Sticks for Soldiers. Tremendous, and that's just a great uh, – I mean, I love that. It's a great uh, – I wish I could yeah, go. My, my, go ahead. I hear you. Well, my, it's my pleasure, Sean, to be on. You keep up the good work, and, and, you know, we'll keep this great game growing. Absolutely, Chris. All right, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Well, that was uh, Chris Parisi, and, uh, yeah, uh, the – Tremendous, tremendous job that they do uh, with the sticks for soldiers. Yep. Um, you know, I thought that was fitting that they, you know, they go up to uh, West Point and play that game, and they kind of tie that whole thing in, and it's been, become such a big event. If you do get a chance, those are fun. Those are fun weekends there. You get a little, uh, you know, you get a little autumn lacrosse, which is which is always fun. So, um, just to wrap up a bit, let's take a look at the, some of the games to watch for next week. Uh, for this week, I should say, uh, we're, this podcast was recorded on uh, the 11th. So this weekend, this weekend's games, um, Mike, what do you got for us? A few games coming up. I, I dropped in a little joke as usual in the uh, games to watch because Briarcliff's played three Connecticut teams already. And, you know, where do we rank them in the poll? But, uh, <laughs> right. They got New Fairfield on Saturday morning, so that should be good. Um, Darian, like we, we mentioned, going down, a, going down the island. They're playing Manhasset on Saturday afternoon. Uh, should be fascinating. Mm. Uh, Brunswick, New Canaan, we talked about as well. That'll be and, and Wilton Prep. I think that's. Uh, I think I'll be heading over there on Saturday night. Get a look at uh, at the Jesuits and uh, and see that Warriors defense and uh, how that all shakes out in the middle of the pole there. Yeah, that's a that's a stacked schedule. It that's seems like there's every Saturday. It's, there are no down weeks and there are no down weeks in no. lacrosse. <laughs> it's such a short season. There are just no down weeks. Wilton at Prep. Uh, really interested. Um, I, again, I, I'm a big. I really want the rest of the state to catch up. Mm-hmm. I want to see a team like Glastonbury, and they, they were that close against. That's they were. crazy. They were, they were up I was five. At that Newtown game in the quarters. I was like, great game. But back New- and forth. And oh, overtime when they when Glastonbury they, Newtown. Yeah. Oh man, that was a fun game. Yeah, and they had really lost. talented teams going back and forth, and uh, that was fun. It was, and they had lost to Newtown early in the mm-hmm. season. I thought I remember correctly. Yep. So that was a big bounce back win for them, and um, and to be five up on on Ridgefield in the state mm. semifinals. I mean, yeah. you know, if they had, they should have they should have used they should have stalled out. I mean, I, I don't again. I wasn't at that game, but uh, you know, lose a five goal lead with with, with a quarter and change. At, at, listen, five goal leads are evaporate quickly in lacrosse, but still, that was in the second half. I mean, you know, and those guys. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, they got a chip on their shoulder. Like Darian's got a chip on their shoulder. Tan's got a chip on their shoulder. Glastonbury's got a chip on their shoulder. Who doesn't have a chip on 
shoulder. Uh, everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Guys, get the chip off. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, that's what makes it fun. I mean, that, that's what makes it fun. So that yeah, I'm. I really want to. So I, I look at a team like East Catholic uh, or Simsbury or even some of the the you know the the teams out east. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see some of these teams. Yes, Simsbury had a great team a few years ago. Uh, Summers is always there. I mean, yeah, they didn't win when they didn't beat St. Joseph last year, but they have in state championships. Yep. Um, you know, and, and what, it's been a while since we heard from Weston. As man, we there used to be class S, they were one of those class A. It seemed like it was Weston St. Joe's every year almost, and then uh, they now it's up to class M, and it's a little it's tougher. But yeah, a uh, little, little bit yeah, tougher. Um, all right. So lots going on this week. Uh, it should be really interesting. We're gonna, we're just getting started here. Well, thanks for Chris Parisi for coming on. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more to talk about and a lot more things uh, going on as we kind of move this podcast along. Hopefully, you'll join us throughout the season, and uh, you know we'll, we'll make it exciting for you. I promise. It should be a lot of fun. So for Sean, for Michael Fornbile, this is Sean Patrick Bowley. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>